a powerful point when it comes to wrestling, that we have to remember who we were before we knew Jesus, but then acknowledge who we are now, not by our works or merit, but by the goodness and grace of God. Welcome to the Wrestling With Faith podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Tolliver. Join me as we go on a search for deeper faith and deeper community. Hey there, it's Hannah. We're so glad you joined us. It has been such a joy going on this journey together. Today, we begin a new chapter in our series, Wrestling with God. Turn with me to Genesis 32 as we dive into part one of this discussion. Genesis chapter 32, verse one. Jacob also went on his way and the angels of God met him. When Jacob saw them, he said, this is the camp of God. So he named the place Mahanaim. Jacob sent messengers ahead of him to his brother Esau in the land of Seir, the country of Edom. He instructed them, this is what you are to say to my Lord Esau. Your servant Jacob says, I have been staying with Laban and have remained there till now. I have cattle and donkeys, sheep and goats, male and female servants. Now I am sending this message to my Lord that I may find favor in your eyes. When the messengers returned to Jacob, they said, we went to your brother Esau, and now he is coming to meet you, and 400 men are with him. In great fear and distress, Jacob divided the people who were with him into two groups, and the flocks and herds and camels as well. He thought, if Esau comes and attacks one group, the group that is left may escape. Then Jacob prayed, O God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, Lord, you who said to me, go back to your country and your relatives and I will make you prosper. I am unworthy of all the kindness and faithfulness you have shown to your servant. I had only my staff when I crossed this Jordan and now I have become two camps. Save me, I pray, from the hand of my brother Esau for I am afraid he will come and attack me and also the mothers with their children. But you have said, I will surely make you prosper and make your descendants like the sand of the sea which cannot be counted. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Joshua, and I am joined, as always, with Tacho and Hannah. How you guys doing? Doing awesome. great. Well, we are definitely looking forward to diving into the subject of how we wrestle with God. Yep. Mm-hmm. But before we do that, before we dive into the meat of the passage and everything we're going to talk about today, I thought we could just take a moment and kind of reflect on how the last few episodes have been, the the, the lessons we've had, how yeah. do you guys feel like the whole series is going, um, how's the spirit working in your life, and what have you seen? You know, to me, something that has been so refreshing is the authenticity. I think this has led us to a very real and vulnerable place as a ministry, a to really be able point. to just kind of acknowledge where we all feel like we're at, but mm. where we want to be, and even kind of catching a dream together of, you know, we're wrestling now, but here's here's who we can become, here's how we can overcome, um, has been a real encouragement to my faith through this series. Yeah, no, same here. I, I love the authenticity, the vulnerability. Um, I think the thing that excites me most is how we're on this communal journey. Mm -hmm. Like this isn't 
Tacho and Hannah and Josh's thing. This is like, no, this is our ministry's journey. We're all going through this yeah. together and we're discussing, we're diving in, we're learning, having great conversations. I felt challenged by conversations that I've had with members of our young professionals ministry. And it's yeah. it's cool when when I'm feeling called higher um, by conversations that I'm having more than some of the content that we're even discussing. And, and I think that's exactly what we were hoping for was something that where we could create, like you've said many times, deeper faith and community. So it's just been really fun to see that come to fruition. Yeah, I think it's just been really edifying to, the, yeah. to our ministry. And I've been excited. Um, like you said, the conversations that we've been having with people something that I've personally really been excited about is my own prayer times. Mm. Um, this has put my faith on the threshing floor. Like yeah. I've been <laughs> like, yeah. mm. okay, I, I, am I going to choose to dive deeper and, and go with you on this journey? Cause I've actually been, I've been really encouraged by you leading me in this and calling me to a deeper faith. Mm. Um, which I think is just really valuable to have in our friendships yeah. that, that I feel called to that. I enjoy that aspect of my relationship with both of you yeah i feel very called into a deeper faith and so but i think what's challenging is i can it it, i I need to commit and so it's you know like it's reading these scriptures it's i I actually last week i after our episode i i went ahead and wrote my spiritual autobiography Mm, that's so cool it was really cool i I still need to do that i had 50 (laughs) lines Wow. Of, of just all the way and just kind of bullet points essentially of of, of years of my life. That's amazing. Seasons of my life. And and I only I, I was inspired by Hannah when she said, like, hey, it's not just your baptism. It's not just these mm-hmm. so I asterisked the days that were like the typical big days. Sure. And there was only like yeah. three. You know what I mean? But the rest of them I was like, man. And I was actually surprised looking back at how many of those were low points in my life. Wow. Mm. Because looking back with, man, with faith and going, God, was it work? And Mm -hmm. so I think having a good and healthy perspective has been very, like a breath of fresh air. Yeah, You know what? God is working through the trials. He's working through the victories. And if I've only been a Christian for seven years and I can write all of this about, man, how God is moving, it makes me inspired to deepen my faith and go the journey as yep. we move forward. So yep. I'm excited to further the journey of Jacob. Yeah, um, absolutely. We're not done yet. We're, we're, not, so we're about yeah. halfway wow. done. Yep. Yeah, wow. which brings yeah. us to uh, today's discussion. So yep. what are we diving into today? Yeah, so we're now officially done with the chapter on wrestling with our ego, and we're moving into wrestling with God. And we're about to get into some really cool and uh, eerie applications to our life. Um, There's this quote by Richard Rohr. I don't have it written down, so I know I'm going to butcher it. But essentially, it it says something like, the myth of Jacob is a myth, not in the sense that the story is not real, but that the story of Jacob goes beyond the story of Jacob and makes an application into our lives. In other words, what Jacob is experiencing is very much what every human being experiences in their lives. And I think we've already seen some of that, Mm -hmm. and I think we're about to see even more of that. So we just read Genesis chapter 32, at least the first half there. 
And for context, I know we encourage our listeners to go back and read 29 through 31, but I thought just for a second I could quickly recap before we explain uh, the scripture that that you just read, Josh. Um, But in Genesis 29, so he's on his way to Haran, and he meets his family, and uh, he falls in love with Rachel. It's like this love at first sight, and um, he he immediately—yeah, exactly. It's like (laughs) notebook-worthy. Um, but um, anyway, so he starts to really fall in love with her. He meets Laban. He works for seven years for him. And then he's tricked by Laban. He's like, psych, actually, you get my other daughter. And so he's forced to work another seven years, but he continued to do that. But it's interesting because just as there was tension in his original household, there becomes this tension in this new place that he's living with. Um, there's tension between the two sisters, of course, because he married yeah. both of them. You can imagine if there's two sisters married to one man, there's probably going to be some tension. Drama. And then, of course, there's uh, there's tension between wow. um, him and Laban. And so God again intervenes and calls him to go back home. And it's on that journey home that we pick it up in verse in uh, chapter 32. Okay, cool. So mm-hmm. after 20 years of living with Laban and all this chaos, getting married twice, having children, being cheated, and having this huge usurping battle with his uncle, he's now forced to go back home and face some of the consequences and the mess that he had made in his earlier years. Mm. And this just makes me think, man, if, if I were Jacob and I had to go back and face things in my high school years— I would not be feeling too good about myself. I, I'd be, uh, I'd be nervous is an understatement. Yeah. Um, so let's break this section down and, and see how Jacob handles this. Um, so early on in this in this section of scripture, um, he sends messengers ahead to meet Esau, and he had tons of herds and cattle, and this goes to just prove how faithful. God had been to him during this time because he only had a staff when he entered into this land. Now he has all this wealth and possession and he's sending messengers ahead. And in verse six, the messengers come back to Jacob and say, hey, Esau's coming to meet you, but there's 400 men with him. Wait, this sounds like wrestling with man. Today's episode is about wrestling with God, right? Yes, yes. And uh, it's a great question because there is some overlap, obviously, right? And we're going to see that though we've kind of framed the series to have four main pillars, there's always going to be overlap between wrestling with ego and wrestling with God. Am I wrestling with myself or is it with God? Am I wrestling with people or is this wrestling with God? And so there's always an overlap here. But the the thing that I really want to highlight in this passage is that we have to ask ourselves the question, okay, why is he even returning home in the first place? If we look back at verse nine, God actually called him to go back home. There was some unfinished business from his past Mm -hmm. that God was calling him to deal with. And I think what this teaches me is that part of wrestling with God is obeying him when he asks us to face the difficult areas in our lives, in our characters, unfinished business, as uh, Jacob is having to do, I think it's just important to note that part of wrestling with God is simply obeying him. Wow. Yeah, Tatra, I really appreciate you saying that because we've watched Jacob on this journey for basically his entire lifetime, right? Trying to 
kind of outrun himself. He mm. he runs to a new city. He puts himself in a new environment. You yeah. know, maybe maybe it's getting married that will change it. Maybe it's having children that will make my life better. Wow. Um, but God ultimately says, like, no, you kind of need to go back and face your demons here. You cannot outrun yourself. Yeah. And to me, that point really resonates because I think sometimes I can, you know, see things in my character mm-hmm. and they're ugly and I don't want to deal with them. And so I just kind of turn a blind eye, like maybe that'll just go away on its own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it never does. And I think often those are the things that God calls us back to go and deal with, even if we try to outrun them. Mm. So to build on that, Han, how do you think ways now... God calls us back when we're when we're kind of called back from the things we've been running from. Yeah, yeah, Josh, that's a great question. Um, I think personally, I see things resurface again and again over time, and maybe it's in new ways or new relationships. But mm-hmm. I kind of see this thread throughout my life of, huh, Hannah, you didn't really deal with your pride then, and. Surprise, it's coming back up again now. (laughs) Um, You know, I I see things come up again. And and also I feel like there are some times where I can be in conversation or I can read scripture and it feels like it kind of hits on a bruise Mm. and I don't really know why. And often if I take some time to kind of soul search and go back and like, why am I having this kind of reaction to this very normal thing that someone said to me or this very common passage? I can find, oh, you know what? There's something undealt with in my heart. There's some kind of trauma or or something that I haven't yet fully addressed. And it's why it's invoking this reaction that it really shouldn't be. But I'll turn it back to you guys. What do you think? Well, I just want to add to that, actually. I, I'm, I appreciate you bringing up the point of pride because that's something that I really wrestle with in, in my own character and, and sin. Um, it's, it's interesting that we talked about wrestling with ego and the four different types and Looking back, I think the one I really do resonate most with is the Nero because I like being in control, right? Mm -hmm. I like leading or whatever and um, being in control of situations. And what I've recognized as a downfall to my character in that is that even in the way that I get advice from people, I like to be the one who initiates getting advice because I'm controlling the, mm. the situation. Yeah, yeah, um, I hear that. But I've noticed, and this has been a pattern in my character, when input is brought into my life in a very helpful and kind way, when it's not asked for, I get very defensive because I feel like I'm losing control. Mm. And to me, if someone can't bring input into my life or insights or things that might be helpful without me getting weird or defensive about it, I think that that's a telltale sign that there's something in my character that I need to go back and face. Mm. So anyway, as you were talking, that made me think of that. I'm like, man, that's that's probably an area that I need to revisit in my own life. Mm. Yeah. So what I'm getting at, I think, from both of you, like life is going to continue to happen. And what it really comes down, when we get down to brass tacks, it's about how do we choose to respond? Mm-hmm. Are we choosing to respond in a way that edifies the God's story in our life? Or do we harp back on old wounds? We kind of become this old raggedy person who can't get over themselves <laughs> or can't get over past hurts. You know, or maybe even things are very bad. Like you're in a current place that yeah. is hurtful. You mm-hmm. are hurting. But really it's how do we choose to respond? It doesn't mean that it makes everything bright and sunshines and rainbows. It just means how are you going to move forward is responding to God kind of calling you back to something. Yeah. Which is interesting to kind of keep the story going, 
Jacob, we've seen him respond to certain callings in his story so far. Not so great, right? And obviously his ego has gotten in his way. But And he didn't have the greatest response last time God gave him blessing. 20 years has passed. So now God's calling him back. How does he respond? Yeah. Yeah, I want to answer that question. But before you do, you brought up a really good point. Um, you know, I, I think God calling us back can look so vast and different in different seasons of our lives, right? Sometimes, yeah. like Hannah and I just shared, it's it's calling us back to deal with areas in our own character mm-hmm. that we never really repented of. Mm-hmm. And that happens. I mean, our, our sinful natures are real. Praise yeah. God that he forgives our sins and that our consciences are clear and that we yes. are free of accusation. 100%. Praise God for that. But let's be honest, we're still humans. Yes, we're we still going to yeah. sin. We have a sinful nature. And there are things that we're going to have to address in our character. We're never going to be Jesus. We're never going to be perfect. So that's one way that I think God really calls us back Mm. to deal with things. But you brought up a really good point about sometimes where it's past hurts and there's things that maybe it's, I really need to go back and have a conversation and forgive and, and hash it out. Um, maybe there are times where it's just like, you know what, I need to go back and pray about this situation and finally let it go and just give it over to God. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to get ahead of myself in the series because we are going to be talking about wrestling with man here in the next couple of weeks. But I just think you brought up such a great point that um, it, I just felt compelled to answer that because yeah, th- th- there really is an overlap between wrestling with God and wrestling with man. Absolutely. But the call to go back and deal with your demons, whether that's yourself or others, not calling other people demons, um, yeah. there is something really <laughs> powerful about finishing the business that is unfinished. Which is good to know because as we enter into today's the meat of today's discussion, you just can't wrestle in a vacuum chamber. Mm-hmm. Regardless Absolutely. of how, whether you like it, there are people involved in your life. You might be someone who's like, no, I'm a recluse. Well, there are people involved in your life. Yeah. You, you, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. You just, and so we, and God created it that way. The whole point of this podcast even is in search of deeper faith and deeper community. Exactly. So when we wrestle with God, it's not to meant to be alone mm-hmm. for two reasons, I think. One, because... A, we're supposed to have a community that we really rely on. Like, that's the point of the yeah. church. Yeah. And then two, people are going to get hurt. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, there's bound, when you start wrestling with God, you also start wrestling with how we've kind of all hurt each other in different ways. And yeah. so I think it's good. As we wrestle with God, it will call us to wrestle with man. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. I just, I mean, I think there's a reason that we are called the body of Christ. Such a body a- is such an integrated organism. You know, we are not the computer chip of Christ or um, I just, th- you know, there, there's something so organic about us functioning as one with Christ as the head, but also the church is wow. the body. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, and those things aren't, you, you know, if you have a headache, it affects your whole body. Or if your leg is hurting, it affects all of you, you know? And wow. so I think to try to separate out what is man, what is God, where I'm wrestling here, but I'm okay here, that doesn't work very well. Mm-hmm. That's not how God designed it to be. Yeah, that's such a good point. Man, well, I am excited to dive into wrestling with man for sure. This is a a good preview. Um, But you did ask a question. How does Jacob respond? How does he respond? Luckily for us, we get a snapshot into his prayer in this chapter. So let's go ahead and dive into that. Let's pick up the story in verse 9. 
Then Jacob prayed, O God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, Lord, you who said to me, go back to your country and your relatives and I will make you prosper. I am unworthy of the kindness and faithfulness you have shown your servant. I had only my staff when I crossed this Jordan, but now I have become two camps. Save me, I pray, from the hands of my brother Esau, for I am afraid he will come and attack me, and also the mothers with their children. But you have said, I will surely make you prosper and will make your descendants like the sand of the sea, which cannot be counted. Wow. Okay, I, I want to open this up to you guys. What do you see in this passage? Well, I'll go first. Um, something that Hannah said last time, which was we were like talking about, we were kind of ragging on Jacob for how he responded. <laughs> yeah. And Hannah was like, hold on, guys. Like, yeah, you just yeah. met God. And what I love is the dichotomy between the two responses. The first response is someone who just met God. So he doesn't really know how to approach God. Um, he doesn't really know what to be grateful for. So he sets these things before God going like, I hope you can do this for me. Yeah. And, and he bargains with him. And, and, and now, 20 years later, we see someone who has seen and taken note of how God has worked in his life. Yes. Exactly what Hannah was talking about last time about how he set up monuments in his life. Like he's aware yeah. of what has Such happened in his life. He's aware of how God has moved and he's become familiar with the words of the Lord. He's committed them mm. to memory. Mm -hmm. And I think as we move forward in our own faith journey, we do a disservice to God if we do not memorize and commit to memory, not only the, the things he's done, but the scriptures on how he's promised us. And Jacob really identifies with that. I think he's just so, he's so clearly soaked in like, man, God, you've been good to me. Like he's so aware, mm -hmm. yeah. which is so mm -hmm. different from the heart he had last time. Yeah. And I think it sets him up for, for how God's going to use him. Really yeah. insightful point. Yeah, Josh, I really appreciate you saying that because that was so much of what stuck out to me too is where yeah. he says, um, I am unworthy of all the kindness and faithfulness mm. you have shown to your servant. Yeah. That it was God's goodness in Jacob's life that motivated him ultimately to obedience. Um, and I just, I think, whoa, like how true in our lives mm -hmm. that when we see how good and kind and gracious God has been to us, that's really what motivates change and obedience and surrender. Like I can trust this guy. He mm -hmm. loves me. Look at what he's done in my life. Yeah. And we see that here with Jacob. Yeah. No, these are all really good points. I mean, I, I have a few things that I wanted to, um, to address. And honestly, a lot of them, you guys have already pointed them out. Um, I do want to say, I'm so glad that we're starting in this part of the passage, because oftentimes when we think of wrestling with God, at least for me, I immediately jump to the latter half of Genesis 32, right. where Jacob is wrestling with, with God all night long. Yeah, and uh, and that's, that is, it's an epic part of the mm -hmm. story. And I mean, gosh, I preached on it a couple of nights ago. Um, but what I love about this is that it really does, it, it sets the, the, the scene and it gives us a platform for what Jacob was wrestling with before he even even engage God directly. Hmm. Um, but anyway, just a, a quick note there. Yeah, but a few things that stick out to me is similar to what Josh just said. He remembered what God said. He had committed these words to memory, and I think that's a huge part 
of wrestling with God is simply knowing God's word. We can't wrestle without knowing the word. Um, number two, and Hannah pointed this out, his statement, I am unworthy of all the kindness you have showed me. Okay, this was the guy who ran for his life with the overinflated ego. Right, The right. guy True. who was yeah. all about himself, um, the guy who couldn't say my God, but rather your God. I mean, this guy because of the journey that he's been on with God has gotten to a point of humility, Mm. which to me just gives me so much hope and inspiration that regardless of how overinflated our egos have become, there's hope when we journey with God, which I think is so powerful. The next thing is that he remembers where he was compared to where he is now. He said, I only had my staff when I entered into the wilderness, but now I have two camps. And the statement, but now, we see that in other places in the New Testament. The one that comes to mind is Colossians 1. In verse 21, it says, once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now... He has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight. Mm. I, I just think this is such a powerful point when it comes to wrestling, that we have to remember who we were before we knew Jesus, but then acknowledge who we are now, not by our works or merit, but by the goodness and grace of God. Amen. Uh, I, I, who he has become is such a different image. He's still got some good attributes of his, you know, his kind of uh, his little <laughs> trick there with the herds. Still you know Jacob, yeah. yeah. He's still got some ego there, but I think it's 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 helped. Like I, I don't know if I was walking in that situation, I don't think that's a. I don't know. Do you think that's a negative thing or a bad thing that he splits the herds? Yeah, I don't know. It's there, there's different takes on that. I, I there's one take where it's like, oh, you know, look at Jacob. He's trying to hide from everyone, so he goes to the back. Um, there are other takes on it where it's like, no, he just he wanted to spare half of his people, and if yeah. Esau did attack the first half, they would be cake. <laughs> and no, yeah, yeah, yeah I exactly. Don't be like, personally, I don't think it's a bad thing that he splits the herds because I'm like, you know what? That's probably good because it's mm-hmm. like you know you gotta. Like it's more of a good tactical move. I yeah, mean, he has no idea what's going to happen in, when he confronts his brother. So I yeah. think that's not a bad thing. <laughs> well, you know, maybe good tactical move, probably bad marriage move. Yeah. Uh, Ooh. Do you think they ever were Or do you think that they split either way? It's like you guys are my favorite children. You go over there, mm. and uh, <laughs> yeah, that is interesting. Mm-mm. True. Uh, maybe th- maybe things were a little bit different back then. <laughs> they maybe they swallowed that pill a little easier. Yeah, but I, I think about um his his desire to protect his family. Mm. Um, he just wasn't someone when he was young who wanted to protect the f- who wanted to protect the family unit. Mm. He didn't care about that at all. Like yeah. he he was he was much sooner to break up the family unit. Like he could care less about his relationship with his brother, deceiving his father. You know, like he just he was kind of on his on a journey of his own self. And now when he's coming back, he's not only coming back to mend the family unit that he's broken, mm-hmm. but he's also wanting to protect his own hurt. Like he's 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 not just looking out purely for himself. Sure, yeah. there's some tendencies of course that still sit there, but I think it's it's I think that's really encouraging. Yeah, and what we see here is Jacob as a changed man. Mm. You know, he went through his wilderness experience. He experienced that feeling of having a higher power of right. um having things stripped away, the ego being deflated, falling in love, mm. and we are bearing witness to a man who is not perfect but transformed.
fascinating to bear witness to the story of Jacob and how his transformation takes place. How do you two feel that God has transformed you um, in your life and in your walk and in your faith? Um, I love that question, Josh. I think over the almost now 11 years of walking with God, he has transformed Mm. me in many, many ways. Who I am today is not (laughs) who I was 11 years ago. Amen. 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 But I I think about verse 10, um, like I shared earlier, where Jacob says, I am unworthy of all the kindness you have shown me. And I think one of the major ways that I've seen God change me is through an understanding of grace. Um, Mm. I think about you know, the, the path I was living, the life that I was headed down. And, and sometimes I, it scares me to play it out too far, but like, imagine I had continued on that path. Imagine wow. God had never interjected, like, where would I be now? And that thought brings me to tears, honestly, in fear um, of what my life would have been had, had God not interceded. And then I, and then I look at my life now that mm. I have... Uh, now look Thanks, at hand. Oh, yeah. And I look at my life now and I see a husband who is faithful to me, who mm. I'm not, you know, if he comes home late, I'm not worried about, was he out with some other woman? Mm. Like that thought never even crosses my mind because I'm married to a spiritual man mm. of yes, God. Yeah, God. Um, I think about my daughter and mm. one on the way, like mm, I, I have done nothing to earn just the joy of being a mom um, and now getting to be a mom again. Um, God has just been so kind. The friendships he's given me, the life he's given me, the job he's given me is so undeserved. I have not earned any of what I have in God right now. And I think the major way over the last decade of my life I've seen transformation is through grace. Wow. Mm. Man, I thanks for sharing all of that. And as you were talking, I, I just, I feel my heart softening mm. and it's just so good to stop and remember and acknowledge all that God has given us. I mean, obviously we're married and so everything you shared is just so true in my own life. Um, and I think about the unmerited kindness in, in our lives that God has given us. Yeah. Mm. And you mentioned um, Eden and obviously Ellie on the way. And it's amazing that those are some of the biggest blessings of our entire life. And God has used blessings to transform me, to help me become less selfish, um, to help me to really learn what it means to lay down my life and to lay down my ego, to use that language. Um, I think even in my relationship with with work and my work ethic, I want to get a lot done and I feel a lot of, of satisfaction from finishing things, but stopping and remembering the blessings that God has given me and also recognizing how he's used blessings to transform. He certainly used correction and rebuking in my life many times to transform me, but there's something really special about him using his blessing to transform me to become more like Jesus. Hmm. Thank you both for sharing all that. You know, the transformation that I think we all undergo is because of the grace of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I feel over my walk, um, and I shared last time about the many years that I wandered, um, but I think when I became a Christian, 
I think one of the things that really blessed, I felt not only blessed by, but transformed and challenged by was being welcomed into a community. Mm. Um, I was mm, super solo act like for mm. the longest time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I just was on my own. I did my own thing. I listened to my own thoughts. I was just an echo chamber for my own toxicity. You know what I mean? And I think coming into the, to the church was a huge blessing but also a challenge because you're added as a new member of the family. There's going to be things that have gone wrong. I've, I've, I've heard people I've been hurt. Sure. Um, but it's, it's, it's been a blessing cause it's transformed me to make, make me a better team player. And I still make mistakes of course, but that's why we have grace. You know what I mean? And, and I think the most important part of that is God's transformative powers brought me to my wife mm. And it was it was very humbling to get married. And marriage has been this wonderful garden, and I just love my wife. But we are two people who we really needed to learn about what does it mean to be humble with one another? What does it mean sure. to be, what is it, you know, like it says in Ephesians chapter 5, it says, submitting to one another out of the reverence mm. for Christ. Yeah. Mm. And not only we do that in the church where we submit to one another to create a family, mm-hmm. we do that in our marriages. And, and that's not easy yeah submitting to my wife out of reverence for christ loving her despite my character loving her despite how i feel being kind to her you know listening to her making plans together really being a team and not being um what the world would define as a husband that was a blessing but at the same time just like god's blessing to jacob it called me higher i wasn't ready for it uh and i think it's really taught me so much and I'm very much excited about you know the rest of my life and the journey that I have with my wife um she's incredible she's wonderful we love Jenny yes we do yes we do and and I think um I'm just so excited because if 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 anything is like the last three years of all the things she's taught me and God has taught Mm -hmm. me through that I mean I'm excited to become a better man because yeah. of it. So, and you have been. Oh, well, that's thanks. really awesome. <laughs> really grateful for you guys. And I just want to add. Thank you for sharing that. And I think what that teaches me is the principle of blessing really does transform. And I just want to say a special note for those that are out there that aren't parents and that aren't married. You don't need to be married or a Absolutely parent no. to recognize no. the blessings no. in your life. Totally. We're sharing about our own lives, but please take some time to recognize your own life, the degree that you have, the family that you have, um, the friendships, the career, the, um, health. Uh, the health. There's so many things where we can just go, wow, look what God has given me and allow that to transform you. Um, The thing that I want to say in addition to that as we close out the podcast is there's something really powerful about looking back as a reminder of God's goodness and faithfulness. But something that Jacob does as he closes out his prayer is um, he says in verse 12, but you have said, I will surely make you prosper and will make your descendants like the sand of the sea, which cannot be counted. He, he leans on the promises of God that haven't yet happened mm. in his life. Wow, he looks forward to, God has been with me, of course, there's, there's a part of looking back, but he looks forward to, God is still moving, God is still doing something really powerful in my future, and I think there's some merit there for us 
to simply lean on the promises of God. I think about some of the amazing promises that we have throughout the scriptures. By his wounds, you have been healed. He won't give us more than we can handle. Jesus says, my peace I give you. Surely I am with you always. There is no condemnation for those in Christ. Or in Revelation, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. And the last promise of the Bible, yes, I am coming soon. This concept that Jesus will return one day. He will take us to be with him for all of eternity. He will make his blessing and his dwelling place among us. And to me, all of this not only encourages and inspires me, but it equips me to wrestle with God. Um, We had Doug Arthur in our staff meeting yesterday, and he said, you know, um, the book of Job is a great book to read when you're not struggling because it gives you principles to learn and to apply when you are. And I think there's something true about this as well. These promises that we lean on, we should really lean on them all the time so that when we're in these seasons of wrestling, we're able to use these tools to engage in the wrestling match. Hmm. Yeah, so if I understand what you're saying is in order to wrestle with God, we need to remember two things. One, you will wrestle with man as you wrestle with God. Mm -hmm. That's a given. Yeah. And then two, going into the wrestling match, aware of who you're wrestling with, Mm -hmm. you're wrestling with Yahweh, Mm -hmm. with God, who's given you blessings, whose goal is to bless his people and to love his people. And as you wrestle, being aware of all the ways that he has worked. It's good to doubt. It's good to ask questions. Like you have to, we're not robots. Like you're yeah. going to do that, but, but take some time to be aware, to be humble before mm-hmm. you come before you can ask those questions, but remember to be grateful. Remember as you walked, like all the things that God has taken and given you. Yeah. Yeah. And well, this has been a great conversation. Is there anything mm-hmm. that we want to hit on before we, before we head out? Yeah, Tacho, I just want to thank you for the reminder about the promises of God. Mm. Um, I think, yeah, oftentimes in my own life when um, I am, I distance myself more from the scriptures, when it's been a while since I've reminded myself of those things, it's easier to question and doubt God. But mm. then as soon as the Bible is open again, I'm reminded of who God is, mm. who it is that we're wrestling with. So I just appreciate that call. Yeah, thank you for that, Hannah. Um, The last thing I'll say here is that when Jacob acknowledged not only God's past goodness, but the future goodness that was to come, it motivated him to obey even when things got hard. God calling Jacob to return to Esau was a challenging thing. It was a challenging thing to wrestle with. And for us, I think it's just a reminder that We are going to wrestle. God is going to call us to return to our demons or things in our past or our character or whatever. And those moments are so, so challenging, but we have to remember the goodness of God. And when we do, it doesn't take the fear away, but it does give us the courage to face the scary parts of our faith. Amen. Yeah, someone once said, you, you frame your life through the scriptures. You do not frame the scriptures through your life. Amen. Well, this has been an awesome discussion. I feel super encouraged. Uh, yeah. Thank you guys for sharing today and for bringing your wisdom. I really appreciated it. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, next time we will be diving into wrestling with God part two, and we are excited to welcome PhD candidate 
Dave Pachta yeah. onto the podcast. So Ooh. stay tuned for next week. That's going to be an awesome episode. But until next week, we will see you guys next time. See you guys. Bye. I would like to close out today with some questions to wrestle with. Number one, is there something that God is calling me to engage and wrestle with in my faith? Maybe I've been avoiding it. Maybe I'm not aware of it. Spend some time to wrestle with that. Number two, what promises of God do I need to lean on in this time? Maybe write them down in your journal. Maybe go for a prayer walk and think about all the ways that God has been good and the promises he's given you. Number three, how can this help me to respond to God's call with both courage and humility? Let's close out today's episode with a prayer. God, thank you for your goodness and for your promises. Lord, I'm not perfect. You know that I doubt you sometimes. You know that I've wandered. But Lord, I know when you call me back, you call me back to wrestle with courage and humility. And that is a higher calling, Lord. But I'm so encouraged that you believe in me. You want to bless me. You want to see fruit multiply in my life. And the fact that that's the kind of God you are encourages me to have faith and courage to forward my life and to keep wrestling. Lord, I know that you'll reveal answers in my life with things that I doubt. And I know you will continue to make good on the promises you've made. Thank you for your goodness and your kindness. And thank you for Jesus. It's because of him that we can have a relationship with you. Lord, we love you. And in Jesus' beautiful name, amen. Wrestling with Faith is a nonprofit podcast brought to you by the Mission Point Christian Church, Yopro Ministry. We'll see you next time.